with oh, hold fun. on hold on speaker immersive go away i got the side thing coming off to a terrible come on fucking zooms acting up on me whatever it's working now it's with my buddy who's i still don't know his real name he was on here i think he was episode 20 this is episode 518 so he was one of the originals Amazing. yeah i appreciate a lot your you know your how you continue and keep producing it's amazing fuck yeah man you are uh you are an episode yeah 20 and then i think like 25 you were in the israeli special forces the last time we spoke was the day uh, Kobe Bryant died. That's how long ago it was. Oh, that's but, uh, right. And the world was melting from the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Coronavirus was just starting. It was just starting. It was a little thing. Oh, what's going on? And, like, a couple <laughs> weeks ago, I did an episode with a uh, with a friend. And, uh, hold on. Sorry. Zoom's being weird. And uh, we were talking about Israel. And everyone in the U.S. is, you know, Israel's war crime. Israel's, you know, they're fucking bombing Palestine. And I was like, fuck that. Fuck all of you. And so we did an episode. We did a six hour episode just called We Support Israel. And we uh, we were talking. And by the end of it, we were like delirious because we were talking for so long. And then I was like, what's the guest? It was just my friend, David. It was just he was just a friend of mine. And uh, right. at the end of it, I I texted him and I was like, yo, I need a fucking, I was like, I had on a guy from the Israeli special forces. He was like, you need to find him. But my Reddit account was deleted by Reddit. And so I had to go in and find you. And I found you and we, we finally put it all together. And, um, yeah, man. So please introduce yourself for all the new listeners. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, thanks for everybody who came to see us and came, uh, thanks for everybody who came to see the monkey perform. Who was <laughs> um, Yeah. You can refer me as T um, when I was in teenager in the military and I'm about to be deployed for the seventh time. I'm 25 now, about to be deployed in September uh, to the West Bank. So they, we keep on working. Uh, today I'm a reservist. Um, yeah, and how I started, we covered this in the previous episode, which is you should totally go and watch because it was, you know, it was the first time it was like we, we take, took some amazing questions for an IAMA that I hosted where Tommy and I met. So if you haven't watched it, go and watch it right now. And then all this episode will make much more sense. Other than that, um, so I served three years. I joined the paratroopers. When I joined the paratroopers, I did another cut and joined the special forces inside. So my, uh, my job was a bomb technician, not the one who defuses bombs, but rather more like building them and planting them. This is also uh, my job in the reserves. Uh, and these days, you know, I'm just a civilian. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm going out in the street, but with no mask. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, and he was wearing the mask before COVID. It was um, because, because I guess other, it's, you have to keep your identity, you have to keep your identity, identity anonymous because some countries are, uh, they're a bunch of communist pussies and they'll arrest you because of they don't recognize Israel or something, something along those lines. And uh, I know it's late in his time, so I've only got him for like 45 minutes, but I uh, I, I make sure to wear a, a, a black shirt with a, a black mask, and I got some black underwear that I'm going to wear on my head so um I can join you. And uh, <laughs> now I'm in the Israeli Special Forces with you, and uh, if anybody questions that, they're a terrorist, and I'll shoot them. Do you wear pants? Do I wear pants? Not when I'm talking to you. <laughs> I don't wear any. <laughs> no, I'm wearing pants. No, like for real, like really, like 
no pants here, man. I oh, know you are. No, I, I am. I've got I've got some pants on. It's um. I don't need to be official. You know, I'm the I'm the guest. They can do whatever. You can want. do whatever you want, man. It's um. But yeah, so uh, I'm in the Israeli Special Forces now, and uh, fuck everybody. We stand with Israel, and we stand with America, and not all those fucking dirty anti-Semites in Congress who uh, are siding with Palestine and saying free Palestine. They're a bunch of dirty terrorists. But by the way, by the way, for the free Palestine thing, and again for the audience, go and see the previous episode. We yes. covered it so deeply. Yes. So go and see it, and then go after the, this one. Yes. About the free Palestine. Um, I say free Palestine from Hamas. Why? Yes. Hamas is a terrorist organization that is uh, defined by the UN as a terrorist organization. There is no doubt about that, right? So a different organization called Fatah okay. got elected uh, like about five or six years ago, or maybe even 10, I'm not sure about the time, so don't get me about this one. But uh, And then Hamas took over uh, with force. Like in, in a few nights, you know, they were shooting in the street, uh, throwing like Fatah members from roofs and those kind of stuff, torturing people. Hamas got kind of elected, um, you know, also by force and also some of the of the locals uh, approve him. So Hamas is, is controlling Gaza. And if you ask me, is the source of all the of the problems, you know, because if they were to negotiate with us and, you know, peace talk, we would immediately do this. I mean, show me one country, one country that wanted peace with Israel and we refused. There is none. In, in the media, you know, the, the UAE and Saudi Arabia wanted peace with Israel because they, they noticed it will be like much more profitable profitable for them. We won for it. And now we have, we have like an embassy over there and it's going on. Why? Because we want peace. We don't want one war, you know. But about them, the axis of evil goes through Gaza, Lebanon, Iraq, Syria, and ends in Iran. And it's not just, you know, for interpretation. It's not just what I think. The organizations that are supported by the axis of evil, which is Iran, are Hamas, Hezbollah Lebanon, Hezbollah Iraq, um, excuse me, it's, it's Hezbollah Syria, Iraq, they have um, Al-Quds. They have a whole um, department in their, you know, security system in Iran called uh, Al-Quds, which is the, you know, all the, all those units who fight outside all the proxies, you know, it's the proxy managers. Um, a few years ago, the U.S. took down uh, Qasem Soleimani. He was the master of the proxy militaries. He, you know, he was funding the Hezbollah in Lebanon. He was uh, funding Hamas. He was funding the 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 this Assad side in Syria. So, what we can learn from this, and again, it, it, just go and search for it. Search for those organizations and look for what they do. Everywhere they go, they, you know, they just they ruin the, the situation um, for the locals. They, uh, I mean, just look at what happens in Lebanon right now. They have the worst inflation they had in years. There is no there is electricity about eight hours from a day, and they have like water scarcity and no fuel even to power the power plants and 
the reason for that is their president, Michel On, was elected by Hezbollah. So you can understand how much force and how much power those organizations that are funded by the axis of evil have. And everywhere they go, they bring the, the, the place to a shithole. And they ruin for the locals who most of them, you know, are just good people, you know, good, hardworking people, want to make their income, want to make their living. And they ruin for them, you know, for some Islamic ideal. And that's very sad. It's very unfortunate. It was, um, <clears throat> yeah, for everybody listening, go back and, I mean, truly, go watch, uh, go watch, uh, I, th- I think it was episode 20. I'll, I'll look it up right now. Um, but I've, I've sent it to people before, because even though I've done 500 episodes since then, it is one of my favorite episodes, because you... Are you saying this, you know, just to make me feel good about myself, or is this for real? No, I don't give a shit how you feel about yourself. <laughs> Fuck you. I'll fucking say whatever I want. No, it's, um... I'm trying to find it right now. No, no, no. I'm really not because what I've I've pointed out as um as you taught me something, and I've used the example several times since we first talked. Episode 19 is um is I remember I was saying, you know, rah rah America. You know, I'm all about defending America. I think we're the best country in the world. I think Western ideas are the grace of humanity, and I think it is a sign of our evolution as a species. I don't think I was saying it as poetically. I think I was saying more so like, hey, let's bomb the fuck out of everybody, like someone with no military experience. And then I said I said to you, you know, I've watched videos. Uh, I've watched ISIS videos. I've watched, I remember in middle school, the first time I, it was Nick Berg. I think it was 2003. I remember seeing on like E-Bombs World, him getting decapitated and that just burned into my mind. And I've just always had this mindset that, I mean, terrorists are dogs. They're not to be negotiated with. They're to be vaporized. And then I said to you, after saying all that, I said, I can't even imagine how it feels to be you because they hate me. I'm a white American pig, right? But I was like, you're a Jew in Israel in the IDF. They... You are, you are the, you are Satan to them. And I said, you must want to eviscerate all of them. You must want to kill them all. And I remember you said, yes, but above that. And I was like, what? And you go above that. I feel bad for them. And I was like, what the fuck? And you were like, they have no opportunities. They have nowhere to go. They have nowhere to get out of this. They make a dollar a day. Someone comes along, some rich motherfucker, the true evil person comes along and goes, I'll, I'll give you $10,000 to shoot this RPG at this Israeli envoy. And you go, I have to kill them. You go, I feel bad for them. I have to kill them because it's them or us. But these are people with no running water. They've never seen a toilet. They don't know what 9-11 is. And they've got a daughter or someone, or they just want to get, you know, they just want to get dental care for their dying mom so she doesn't have to be in pain because she's never seen a toothbrush in her life. And they make nothing. And then someone comes along in some The Axis of Evil, and they go, here's a duffel bag of cash. And to them, it's a win-win. Hey, I shoot this, RPG. Doing, right? yeah, I shoot this RPG, I get the cash, or they kill me and I'm out of this hell. It's a win-win. And that doesn't mean that you don't have to kill them. Like, you you do, because now it's them or the, the, the military convoy. But I remember you said, I feel so bad for them, because the reality is, is if you said this, you said, if I was born there, and then I can say, I think it would be the same if I or anybody listening was born there, you'd probably do the same thing. 
you'd probably do the same thing when there's no other out. I mean, we see it in the United States, right? There's, you know, it's a single parent household. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's black kids growing up without a father and they're in the city and it's, hey, you're either in the shitty public school and you work at 7-Eleven or, hey, sell a little bit of cocaine. Make some money. And it's very easy for me, someone who has parents who are still married, a loving family, a private education. I'm literate. I, you know, I'm incredibly sexy, just like UT. But, but seriously, it's, I've never known hardship in my life. I've never gone without a meal. I've never had any problems in my life. It's very easy for me to say, well, you can't break the law. Well, you know, if there's nothing else, sometimes you look at it and you go, hey, either I go become a drug dealer and get the fuck out of Compton or I get killed in the process, and now I don't have to live in this hellhole anymore. And I remember you saying that, because it's very easy for me to say that, or some bleeding heart liberal hippie to say that. But when you said that, that shifted my perspective for, it's been permanently shifted. That you have to, you cannot dehumanize them, because that is how things like the Nazi regime happens. When you go, oh, Juden are just vermin, they're to be removed. You cannot dehumanize them. You can hate them, you can look at them and go, we, we got to kill them. They did 9-11. We got to take them out. But you cannot dehumanize them because once you do that, you become the very thing that you think they are. And so, no, I sincerely mean it when I say it's one of my favorite episodes is because it completely shifted my mindset. I mean, anyone that watches this knows I sit here in front of the American flag and I'm like, fuck yeah, nuke China. But like, when I talk to you, you come from a place of authority, just like when I have on doctors to talk about COVID, I don't talk about COVID. I have on doctors and PhDs and MDs. When I want to talk about, you know, Delta Force, I have on a member of Delta Force. When I want to have on drone, talk about drone warfare, I have on drone pilots. When I want to, when I want to talk about the moon, I have on Charlie Duke from Apollo 16 who walked on the moon. Amazing. Talking to you, it was like, well, you know, I sure I can do a funny episode with my buddy David and we can be like, hey, we stand with Israel, you know, fuck everyone. But it, it's it's rude and insincerity because, I mean, I'm so lucky to be have a, been able to talk to you twice and now a third time. Because, you know, it's not just that I'm pulling some random Jewish person from Jerusalem or some shit and they're just, you know someone from the embassy and they're going to give me some cookie cutter answer. I get to talk to a guy five years younger than me, arguably a little better looking than me. I'll concede that who's been in the Israel or is in the Israeli special forces is being deployed again, who knows what it's like, who doesn't just talk the talk, who walks the walk, who's been on these missions, who knows what it's like to shoot and kill people. And you still have that heart. Whereas most people would maybe Best case scenario, have that heart, go, hey, they're still people. And then they'd go in the military and they'd see the blood and the screaming and then they'd go, fuck them, they're dogs. You're the uh -huh. opposite. You came out of it and you still had a heart. And to me, that really does. It's, it, it means a lot to me. And it, it, it's one of the few episodes that has profoundly changed the outlook on my life. So now, fuck you. I'm not just sucking up to you. I actually love that episode. And uh, I wouldn't have hunted you down to have you on again 500 episodes later if I didn't love you, man. So, yeah, episode 19. Go check it out. Yeah, go check it out. Tommy, I love you a lot. I, I should you. say that, man, the, the way that you quoted the, the my argument is very precise. I'm so, I have such, so much appreciation for the... Mm -hmm. The, the level of your listening, you're a really good listener. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. It's, uh, 
that's a character character characteristic that any podcaster should have it's amazing um, man like 500 episodes you can quote <laughs> me exactly it's amazing I mean and for the listeners yeah going back to about the situation Gaza Strip making about $70 a month 60% unemployment and you can get employed joining a terrorist organization what the hell do you do yeah if you die your family gets paid a retainer, $100 every month. What do you do? You take it. Take it 10 out of 10 times. Probably. Probably. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's easy to judge them, you know, in our own uh, comfy, you know, air conditioning, mm-hmm. you know, a lousy life, right? And uh, and how, how we enjoy our life. But it sucks to be in the majority of the world. It sucks. And you have barely opportunities. You barely have, like... In, in the developed world, you can, you know, start a business online and you can succeed or not. But they don't, can't even do this. They can't even get out of the place. Yeah. They, they have so much limited opportunities. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's always more complicated than you think. It's always like that. It's always more complicated. I mean, look at this. When we last talked, it was I was above my parents' garage. Later that summer, I got a job at a liquor store. While still living with my parents. The liquor store job sucked. And I went out asking if there'd be anybody that'd be willing to invest in my podcast. Give me a little money. And if the podcast gets to like Joe Rogan, I'd give them some money back. I found a guy who loved the podcast who had the money. And he goes, yeah. So we've got a little contract going for three years to where he pays for my living expenses. And I put out podcasts every day. That Look at that little microcosm. To me, that was my struggle. I was working at a liquor store in a safe neighborhood with air conditioning, getting paid $15 an hour while living with my parents in an air conditioned house with doors that locked, with medical care, with all my meals paid for. And I got out of it to here and I bitch about that like it was some impossible trial and tribulation. Imagine if you can't even fucking get your drinking water for the day. How the hell are you supposed to move to the suburbs and put your kids in good schools and then sit there and go, terrorism's bad. Sure, there are some radical fundamentalists, and they got to be vaporized. They're dogs. They're morons. But, man, there's a lot of... And it doesn't excuse it. If they pick up a bomb and come at you, you got to shoot them. But, man, there's a lot of people who have nothing. And, hey, if I, if I live, I get more money. If I die, my family gets money. And even if they don't get money, I'm out. I don't have to be here anymore. I get to check the fuck out. And you take way, it 10 out of 10 they- times. Being a dead terrorist, the term called Shahid is one of the most, you know, uh, rec- rec- uh, they really, really appreciate families who have a Shahid, a dead terrorist in their family. They appreciate it. They love it. They, you know, they wish it for people sometimes, like people who join, they wish for them to be a Shahid and to die yeah. for that. It's, of it's honorable. It's desired. It's you want to go down. It's, it's, you get to be a martyr. Uh, yeah, it's a martyr. That's what it is. And it's, it's insane, which, uh, and obviously I, you know, I respected your decision so much, which is, as you can see, why I've joined the Israeli Defense Force. I have been drafted in the <laughs> IDF. I am actually, you can't see it, but I'm actually broadcasting from the basement of Bibi Netanyahu's house. And uh, <laughs> he's making me dinner right now. He's a really... Oh, there's a different president. Today. Yeah, I know, which is, it's, hey, the podcast, we're still working. Right now, we can only get ex-presidents. We're trying, all right? Well, we gotta... <laughs> I uh, I emailed Netanyahu and his office never responded. So you know you swing and you miss, whatever. 
But um, mm -hmm. yeah, man, it's um. Can you talk about what exactly your mission will entail or what you'll be doing? Is it boring? Is it sexy? Or can you not talk about that? Is that OPSEC? Is it, what's the general feeling there? Is it the feeling that, hey, we're fighting with the Palestinians for the 10 millionth time? Is it different? Is it, because there's actually, for the first time, there's a bunch of people in the U.S. Congress, a bunch of dirty demons who are going, we stand with Israel, or sorry, we stand with Palestine. They're standing with the people who are firing rockets from elementary schools. What's the feeling in Israel? Um, I will talk about the, the last uh, operation that we had. Probably everybody heard it. In English, it's called Wall Guardian, is it? Wall Garden? Guardian. Oh, the, Guardian. The Guardian, yeah. The last operation, it was like uh, two months ago, right? Is that the name? I, I don't remember. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Wait, I'll Google it just a minute, you know, so it will be a, an informable sure. podcast. Yeah. Just a minute. My iPhone won't unlock for me. It doesn't recognize me. Also, episode 34, episode 19 and episode 34 are good episodes with us talking. But, um, yeah, so you're, what are you, you're, what, was it the last Israeli operation? I thought there was still... I thought they were still battling it out. It shows how out of touch I am. The um, just a minute. You're good. Operation is it Guardian? Wall Guardian? Wall Guardian, yes. Was the U.S. involved, or was that uh, was that just Israel? Operation <laughs> Operation Wall Guardian. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. Start date, May 10th, 2021. Operation Guardian of the Walls. Yes. Guardian of Walls, right. It's marked by barrages of rockets fired towards Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, by terrorist organizations in... by terrorist organizations in the Gaza Strip on May 10th, 2021 at 6.03 p.m. Over the next 12 days, Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, PIJ, two terror organizations within the Gaza Strip, Fired almost 4,400 rockets at Israel. Approximately 680 of these rockets misfired and fell within Gaza, causing Palestinian casualties. What is the general feel in Israel? See? Oh, he's breaking up. The connection is pretty bad. Oh, wait, a bit bad. Yeah, I'm getting back. Okay, I can hear you. I can't see you, but I can hear you. Or, is it good now? Uh, I hope it's not me. Yeah, you're back now. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I get yeah, you yeah. also. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, were there, was there a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the, um, and I know this is a broad question, and it's like if you ask me how does America feel, like I don't know, I'm one person. But it's much smaller and it's much more of a cohesive, homogenous group. What is the general feeling in Israel? Because for me, again, my outsider, uneducated, unexperienced uh thoughts are it seems like this happens this is as you know it's it's like the you know the sun rising in the morning it's like yeah yeah look palestine and israel they're shooting rockets at each other again it, it just kind of seems it, like it always happens is the general feel in israel oh this is flaring up again it's just a thing or is there more of like a this is bigger is it is it a new a new feeling i mean not to say it's it's not to say it's not you know terrifying it's because the u.s the last time 
I mean, what, we had Pearl Harbor on 9-11, we had the World Trade Center bombings in 93, then we had Pearl Harbor in, what, 41? Those are the last three times that America's ever been attacked, you know? We don't know what it's like to be regularly hit with rockets in our streets. What mm-hmm. is the general feeling there, if you could yeah, speak I'll, on that? I will cover it uh, deeply because it was important. Um, every operation that happens, something changes, you know, in the, the way it advances. So the in, on 2014, mm-hmm. we had Protective Edge. There they started the, the, uh, the terror tunnels. So they kidnapping soldiers and attacking villages, settlements inside of Israel by going through a tunnel, you know, under the ground, under the border and popping up in uh, in uh, yeah, and killing people and those kind of stuff. Um, so this was like the new stuff. Um, and this time, it was the way it was very, very smart for them. Also, like Iran, Iran also had the, the impact on this. We had a civil war in in Israel, like in the center. We have two million Arabs living in Israel. Really? Now we have like fully integrated cities like Jaffa, which is next to Tel Aviv. Like most of the people are Arabs. They have Muslim Arabs, Christian Arabs, Jews, and other minorities. Um, I live in a... Uh, in a city which is mostly Jewish, but we have cities that are also like 50-50, 10 minutes drive from me. There was a civil war. Like people were shooting each other in the street. It never happened in Israel. It was oh, so crazy. Shit. They sent the special forces inside of Israel to take, you know, to, to take some... This was in 2014? This, this no, uh, this happened in this 2021? Yes, in what? 21. Yes, this is what happened. Holy shit. It was, Horrible. It was horrible. It's like we never dreamed of this happening. Jesus. It, it shocked us. Uh, it taught us, you know, with the pants down. It was horrible. And it's because of, you know, uh, so we have Arabs and Muslim Arabs living in Israel. Of course, they have like the full rights, right? But they have those, uh, you could see the way that the armed gangs going out of the mosque where they got preached about the free Palestine idea, right? Uh and yeah, and going and shooting their neighbors, which were like, all those years were the neighbors, suddenly, suddenly they hate them. They just turned. Um, crazy shit. It really never happened. Uh, and then it's it started happening, you know, in cities like mine, and, you know, cities nearby, you know, where Arab gangs go and lynch a Jew. And then it, there was like a counterback of, you know, just furious Jewish people, you know, just civilians go and lynch an Arab guy. Horrible shit. It never happened here. Uh, we didn't expect that. It was it was like the most horrible part. You know, we call it a coexistence. Mm-hmm. They ruined their coexistence. Yeah. Until then, the coexistence, you know, were fine. Every Friday, I go and eat, you know, hummus in a, in a place that is run by Arabs. I get treated so nice. I have Arab friends. I have Muslim friends. And then they ruined it for us. They ruined the coexistence that we built. It was very unfortunate. You know, with the Gaza Strip, we know that we are not friends. We hate them, and they hate us, and sure. that's it. But the coexistence, man, never happened. It totally got us, you know, surprised. Um, so this was very unfortunate. It was like the worst part. Okay, now it's uh, now like the the dust has sank, and the thing. And a few weeks after that, you know, it was a little bit weird. You know, like what me and my Jewish friends, you know, going to an, an uh, Arab uh, restaurant, we were, were not, like, uh, not sure. But now it's pretty much the same as it was before. So things are, are not too bad. Other than that, 4, 000, they, 
they understood Hamas that they can tweak and trick our Iron Dome system by firing a very massive barrage of more than 100 rockets at a time. Mm-hmm. And then it will, you know, it will overcome the system and they will have more hits. This yeah. is what happened. 4,000 in two weeks or three weeks was more than all the two months of protective edge. Okay. Sort of, of rocket shooting at us. So it was a lot. It was a lot. I will send you after this some links for, for some videos, you know, how it looked like. It's horrible. So the sirens, every night, sirens going on. Uh, and you need to run for shelter. They will wake you up like a few uh, times at night, you know, the sirens. They will attack in the middle of the night, you know, just to break your spirit. Because, you know, yeah. everybody hears the siren. Everybody yeah. needs to wake up and run for shelter. Yeah. They want to break your uh, your spirit and those kind of stuff. Um, you know, I remember when it just happened. So after Protective Edge, before Protective Edge, the rate, the frequency of operations and work that we have was about every four years okay. or three years. And then we had like, a pretty good gap of seven years. It's, you know, it's pretty good. It's like says that maybe we go in a good direction in total. I don't know. Um, so we, we were a bit surprised because it didn't, ha- uh, it didn't happen for a long time, those barrages. And I remember, you know, in the first barrages, I was outside, I was working. And uh, and we knew it's going to happen, you know, because the, the Hamas broadcast that, you know, this is going to be the retaliation attack. It was, and uh, my friends had the, like, bicycle uh, parked outside of the restaurant and everybody ran inside the restaurant, you know, to get covered. And my friends, you know, told me, well, go and lock our stuff so it won't get stolen. You know, we didn't know, we didn't know what's going to happen. You know, sure. we just live in the street. Uh, so I remember, you know, I'm, I'm handling the lock and, and the siren is, you know, is going very high, you know, like people <laughs> leave their cars and go for shelters. You know, people start, stop driving, run for shelters. Uh, and I was not sure where to do this at all, but you know, but I'm not able to make it. I'm not able to close the the lock, and uh, and it was. It sounds like know, a nightmare, a, man. It sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, and I'm in the middle of the of the section, <laughs> like in the street. It was very open. <laughs> um, yes, it it was very stressful, and I remember, you know, in the first days, because we have also, you know, like elders, they're not able to run for shelter, sure. so we just keep them. In, in the building, so we take them to the pros door, to, you know, to the corridor, and it's like a little bit safer there. I remember, you know, it's like the middle of the night. I barely slept because they wake you up every, you know, every multiple times at night. And I mean, you know, and I find myself just sitting like this. Yeah. Like, I can't believe it's happening again. Yeah. It's so horrible. And, you know, and then you open the news and you see like someone died in the next neighborhood next to you. Because he got he got hit or something. Or he got some shrapnel. It's yeah, man. I mean, that's yeah, that's gotta break your spirit, right? If every night, you, when I don't get a full night's sleep, I have a terrible day because I'm a pussy. Imagine if you that's know, every and, night. And Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran, they know that there will never be like a, an Iranian flag or Palestinian flag waving waving about above the you know the the towers in Israel. They know that they cannot get like totally win us yeah. but they know they can break our spirit yeah and they did the civil war thing they know it's broke our spirit this is what they're aiming for they can break our spirit they can make all this work very costly this is the way to win um the the mission of my unit when it when it war erupts in the middle east or at least in our neighborhood it's very very fast you know it takes one successful terrorist attack to run a war mm-hmm. 
I will give you an example. Lebanon the second was because they they uh, they launched an attack and killed twelve reservists. Protective edge happened. Uh, I'm not sure about protective edge, uh, but also previously it it happens like that quick. Oh yeah, protective edge was because they kidnapped two Jewish uh, hitchhikers and killed them. This is how fast wars erupt here. So one of our unit's missions is uh, Hezbollah in the north. They plan of having a like a signature attack. Like they will send their special forces, their elite forces, to make you know some you know stunning uh, attack inside of Israel. You know that will stun all of us. You know to the world cameras, and they will yeah. take like photos of it. It would be like you know this is kind of will break a spirit, and we need to encounter them. Yeah. So we know we know who they are. We study them, and I will tell you what: it's a little bit terrifying because they're really good. They're good. Fuck. <laughs> they're really good. They're really experienced. But yeah, this is what they aim for. They want to break our spirit. This is their tools. Terror. Now, when terror you're... literally means fear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's right. It's to use fear and physical violence to enact a political change. I mean, that is terrorism, right? It's now when you look at someone like, yeah, that's a big propaganda win. They want to come in. They want the cameras to see it, right? It's when you look at something like that, right? They're they're elite. How does your how does your empathy shift or does it shift when it's you know when it's the illiterate fucking chewing on my mask here? The ones the, yes, I do. I'm in Sire right now. I can't take it off. I'm <laughs> I'm fighting I'm fighting the Palestinians. Um, stand with Israel. But when you are when so as opposed to the illiterate farmer who gets paid ten G's to go take an RPG and fire it at a Humvee. You ha- as we talked earlier, that you don't have any opportunities. You're trying to get out. You don't have any money. There's no options out. Mm-hmm. Versus the elite squad, they're right. Well, they- they've got to be. If I'm getting this right, they've got to be putting more time into it. It may be not just here's a duffel bag of cash. They're, yeah. per- if I may, they're probably true believers. They're probably fundamental. Has your empathy changed with them? Or is there no? They're a human too. Is it just I gotta fucking kill them? Uh, there's a term for it, and if you are like want to study terrorism, there's a really interesting term that a, a term that emerged in, a, in, a, in the last decade called organized terrorism, which is Hezbollah, Hamas. They're funded. They have you know uh, companies, weapons, teams, teamworks, uh, strategies, and tactics. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, you have spontaneous terrorists. The spontaneous terrorists are those who are the unfortunate farmers in uh, Afghanistan who got paid to one time shoot an RPG, and this is what they did. They're still a terrorist because they do a terrorist mm-hmm. act. But the spontaneous one, you know, a lot of time in the, a lot of time, the way they put it when they explained this to me, you know, when I was like, uh, you know, in my first deployments, that spontaneous terrorists didn't wake up and know that they will be spontaneous terrorists today. They usually are pitched. They're usually, you know, our core or someone who was like, you know, like dead yeah. or, you know, have some problems and they, they got pitched Hey, go do this, go do that one time, two yeah. times. Yeah. You get paid or we forget for the thing that you did there. Forget, uh, forgive for your debt. And then he launches an attack. Yeah. So this is the difference. 
Now, you know, for me, fighting a, a an organized terrorism, I mean, who cares? You know, they're a terrorist. Terrorist, you know? terrorist, yeah. As much as you can. Yeah, <laughs> fucking shoot them all, yeah. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Knock, knock them all. Yeah, it's... They, they will knock us all. So exactly. You know, it's, it's them or us. It's It's them or us, right? It's, you know, it's like... You know, people still jerk off to the idea, America shouldn't have used the nuclear bomb in World War II. Sure, okay, I get that argument. My dad's dad was going to go be part of the mainland invasion of Japan at, like, 18. He, There's no way he would have survived. He's cannon fodder. I wouldn't be here. So, like, I have to take the side of the American bo- or the, the nuclear bomb because mm-hmm. it log- no other argument matters because I rationally and logically cannot argue it. Because I would not be here to even make an argument otherwise. So it's, I mean, it's the same thing. Like, look, you can feel bad for them, but at the end of the day, it's them or us. Who's it going to be? It's them or us. It's just, it's that simple. It's terrible. It's a zero-sum game, but it's what's in front of you. It's them or us. And you got to shoot it in the fucking face. From experience, when you get ambushed, you don't care. (laughs) (laughs) You don't, you forget all of the ideas. Yeah. You're not like, this guy's just getting a paycheck. He just wants to take care of his mom. You're like, fuck you. Yeah, you don't give a fuck. The second your buddy's head explodes, you're not like, well, that guy, he just wanted a way out of the Gaza Strip. No, you fucking see red and you're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, but then, you know, they're thinking the same thing. Maybe they're thinking, you know, for all you know, there's a shitty podcast over in Palestine and they're talking to each other and they're like, hey. You know, I bet Israel, I bet they're just trying to defend their country. And, you know, and that's the real, that's the fucked up part, man, is like those guys, those special operators, they're probably more similar to us than we'd care to admit. Right? They're probably, they probably like jerking off. They probably like titties. Probably like alcohol. Probably like to sleep in. Yeah, they like big asses. They like to take a shit in the morning. They like French fries. Like, you know, it's... It's not to say that, like, they don't have to die. Like, hey, you know, Hitler had a dog. I like dogs. It doesn't, you know, that doesn't make it any more palatable. Like, you still got to kill them, but... Fuck, man. I mean, it's... Can it ever end? Can it ever end? Or will it go on forever until one of them's eradicated? Um, not that you know the answer. Not that I know the answer. Um, there, there are a few stuff that I can, uh, you know, talk about that will be... A new thing for your audience to hear because probably statistically if they listen in the north america and europe the thing that you hear you know just some leftist media and it's okay it's the media that you got you know i don't blame you to have leftist idea this is what you have yeah you're, so free, I don't you're free to think that way yeah you know I, I i don't blame no one for uh misinformation or disinformation i don't blame you you cannot know you you are not here right? yeah so you know and this is where you know always if you like just thinking about you know some uh, some I don't know um, hostility between two different countries that you are not living in one of them, you will never know you know the the complicated uh, situation that there is. So I'll cover it uh, pretty fast because it's like politics. In politics, is not really my thing, but I, I tell you what. Now we have a new prime minister, and he advocates for a thing called peace of right wings and what he means by saying this is a peace that is not enforced on you and he's talking about mostly for for israel is not enforced on israel because of you know high costs and death rate and those kind of stuff mm-hmm. um 
It's peace that you that you're negotiating when you're in a in a strong position. It's a peace that you are not giving up land because geography matters. And by the way, six years ago, well, it's amazing because it's like news for today. It's so hot from the oven, from yesterday. <laughs> six years ago, he was talking in Haaretz, which is the most leftist uh, 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 newspaper in Israel. He was, you know, talking about also the right wing peace that he's offering and talking about. Um, and he says, geography matters. We cannot give away settlements because then they will have the high upper lands controlling us. Yeah. And he used the example. And he also served in a special forces. And he says, where do you want to meet ISIS? On the Jordanian River when you have like a, weird, a, a big river, you know, crossing between you and there one side and you on the other side. Or like on road number six, which is like the biggest road in Israel that goes nearby the West Bank, you know, like... Hundreds of thousands of Israelis and Arab cars go there every day. Where do you want to meet them? Yeah. And the thing that is hot from the oven is yesterday, um, the Jordanian uh, government admitted and exposed files that they were attacked by ISIS, but they, by ISIS unit that wanted to uh, to. It's like insurgents. They wanted to go through Jordan and to launch an attack on the same road that. The prime minister was talking about road number six. They planted this. They had the rifles. There were four people, and they stopped. Uh, and the Jordanian government, you know, stopped the attack. But how fun, you know? Yeah, it, and, yeah. Really <laughs> yeah, it, it comes right back to your shores, right? It's geography matters. Yeah, you cannot like you know. You went to give them land back. You know, it happened in the past. We did that. We gave them the Gaza Strip. Before Gaza Strip was a country, there was Jewish settlements living there. And we call it the Hitnat Kut. It means uh, the big uh, the big um, disconnection. We took them all back. It was, you know, very hard. It happened in the early 2000s. And guess what happened? It turned into a failed, a failed terrorist state supported by Iran. Yeah. What you yeah. want more of those people, you know, pointing gas, guns and rockets at your head yeah. and having them closer to your home. Because, by the way, if we give away the settlements in the West Bank, Israel width would be 40 kilometers. I can run from one edge to another in four hours, and it would be the whole way, way width of my country. Jesus. And what is it with the Gaza Strip? Uh, we're talking about the oh, West yeah. Bank. Yeah, yeah, West Bank, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's all about like 250. Oh, okay, okay, shit. All right, that's okay. That's like, so that'd be like that'd be like shrinking America down to just like the East Coast. East Coast, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like just nothing. Yeah, okay, I get that. I get that. And, you know, and it's so narrow because our neighborhood is so small that you know, 40 kilometers, you can deploy every cheap mortar that you yeah, get yeah, like yeah. And start shooting at our airport, you know. Oh yeah, totally good for it. Oh totally yeah. Easy. Oh yeah. No, it's you don't need. Yeah, you don't need longer range artillery or short range rockets or anything. It's. I mean, that's why America. That's why we put the majority of our ICBM silos in the Great Plains in the center of the United States. That's why we also, mm -hmm. or not quite, maybe like off at Air Force Base. That's why we put things in the center because it takes so long for missiles to get there. And it's so depopulated, but the entire thing is like you'd have to reach this. I mean, the Soviet Union did it too during the height of the Cold War. You put your shit right in the center because just geo, like you said, geography matters. It takes a long time to get to that point. I mean, right? It's 
because otherwise you could just take pot shots at them. I mean, even the Nazis, right? Uh, what was it? The um, Nordhausen? That's the concentration camp that was built inside of the mountain where they had the Jewish slaves or the Jewish concentration camp victims build the V2 rockets. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Keep it out of touch. Keep it away from the allies. Yeah, I mean, geography matters, right? It was, you know, if we don't take on the, if we didn't do the Lend-Lease program with the UK in World War II, it was, it's going to come home. And then eventually it did come home. Luckily for us, and I say that relatively, luckily for us, when it came home, it came to Pearl Harbor. Though tragic, at least it wasn't like San Francisco or Chicago. Exactly. Where, where did you want to meet the Japanese? In Pearl Harbor or in, or in Florida? Yeah, do you want to, yeah, do you want to meet Japan? Yeah, Pearl oh, Harbor or Manhattan? Yeah. yeah, what do you want to do? Where do, you, do you want to go and meet the Nazis in France on D-Day in Normandy? Or do you want a, a German Normandy on fucking in Boston Harbor? Right? You don't, yeah, it's, yeah, man, it's, when those rockets are firing and you're not getting a good night's sleep and you have a hard time getting the elderly to corridors, I don't know how you keep your humanity, man. I would have lost it very quickly. I would have been like, fuck it, fire the nukes, turn it into an ice rink, just get rid of them. It's, you got more self-control than I do. Well, you know, it's, it's not getting rid of them. It's getting rid of the, ter- we, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, I have like a very tiny part of my soul that is a leftist, okay? It's very, so do I. I got, yeah, a little very, tiny bit, yeah. It's just, yeah. just a little bit, you know? And, you know, and I believe that they're like kept hostage, like get us sure. is and people get, get kept hostage by this terrorist organization. Sure. I mean, you know, and again, I feel for them. Go back and watch episode 19 right now. 19, you and, 19 and 34. And 34. Um, you know, and... uh yeah, when when they happen, you know, I want like the targets the is- that Israel bombed in, in the Gaza Strip are uh, how you call it? It's uh, the terrorist infrastructure for the you know for, for the terrorists. They have tunnels, they have rockets, all those, and they have uh, outposts. We attacked only those stuff. Yeah. Okay, so. You know, like, uh, what can you say about that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. is there any counter argument? You know, of course civilians get killed it's, on each side. It happens. It's, it's horrible. It's, yeah, it's horrible. It's war. It's, it's, it's horrible. Right? It's the same thing with drone strikes. It's the same thing with surgical JDAM strikes. It's horrible. I mean, and I would argue that, yeah, they, they probably are kept hostage. You know, it's the United States has done shit. That, you by know, the way, Lebanon is about to get hostage by Hezbollah, and and they and Hezbollah and Iran just just grips it. You know what comes next? Afghanistan get you know gets into the jaws of Iran. They just grip it, you know, so gently, just so gently. I was asked lately on uh, I was asked on an AMA lately about what I think about the Afga- Afghanistan thing. And I say, you know, of course, the, the war is costly and people die from the American side and it's horrible. And I train with the Marines. Uh, Marines, you know, with like few deployments on their belt. They're almost 30 years old. They have families. They've been in Iraq. They've been in Afghanistan. And, and you know, and they know it that even the locals are not usually like supportive of the, of the American. But if you, if you, if the American co- goes out, the, you know, the vacuum sucks in immediately the axis of evil and they will rip it so easily it would be so easy for them oh yeah just oh yeah no everyone knows what's going to happen there's nobody in the world that doesn't see what's happening power nature pours a vacuum right power fills a vacuum it's gonna we're leaving and they're gonna 
slip right in. It's it's what's going to happen, and it's. I mean, I also understand. I also understand the American argument of, hey, you know, people say we're going to leave, and the terrorists are going to take over within a year, and the the American argument is is whether we leave in two thousand three, two thousand thirteen, twenty twenty one, or twenty thirty one, the terrorists are going to take over in a year. Why do we have to keep sending Americans there to die? And then I get the counter argument, which is you're bringing up geography matters. Do you want to meet the terrorists in Afghanistan or do you want to meet them in Seattle? It's it's above my pay grade. I just do a podcast. It's but I mean, it's never it's never as simple as Israel's in the right or Palestine's in the right or America's in the right or try. It's never that simple. It's always. It's always just a clusterfuck of in the gray. There's always going to be civilian deaths. There's going to be propaganda wins. We all have our own biases. We see what we want to see, right? It's it's it's. If I'm leaning this way, then I'm well. Then it's uh, got to be this, and this is all Biden's fault. And if Trump was still in office, I'd be like, hey, it's time America gets out of there, right? It's none of us are even thinking soberly. We're all intoxicated on the bottle of our own political beliefs, and it's like, mm-hmm. man, it's just. So at the core of all of that, what is the outcome? What is the best thing you can do then if there is no objective truth, if there's a bunch of misinformation and disinformation and we're all diluted, intoxicated by our own biases and preconceived notions, the best thing you can do is just hang on to your humanity. And no matter which person you support, try to remember that there are people too, just like you and me. And if they were... If they grew up in suburban America and had a wonderful education, they'd probably do be doing this podcast right now. And if I grew up in the middle of bumblefuck desert and I didn't even know what the alphabet was and I couldn't do geometry and someone said, yo, here's a boatload of cash, fire this RPG, I'd probably be throwing on the mask and screaming Allahu Akbar and doing it too. That's just the reality of it, right? And it's very easy for us to, but right, I mean, you're in a you're in an air-conditioned room with, you know, you got some pictures on the wall, you got electricity and air-conditioned, it's air-conditioned in here. I got bottled water, I got a new iPhone. I mean, we're living a wonderful, wonderful life. It's very easy for us to say, you know, bomb them back to the Stone Age because it doesn't touch us. It touches you, you're there. It doesn't touch me, you know? It's, I did a, you know, I just did a short 30-minute stint in the Israeli Defense Force. You know, I'm already out. I'm retired. I did my 30 minutes. It's, uh, you know, and I've proudly served, but uh, I'm out now. I'm a veteran. But yeah, man, let's um, let's wrap this one up and let's uh, we'll we'll stay in touch on Reddit. Let's schedule another one sooner than later. And I, have, I have time, though. I can keep for like another 30 minutes. Again. OK. All right. I didn't. Want, all right. Well, hey, talk for a little bit so I can go pee. All right. I gotta go piss. Talk to the camera. Just, just cut it. Just cut no. It. Fuck you. No. Talk. Talk. Please. Oh my god. Talk. I can hear you. You're not talking. Now the Tommy is away. I will show you my own setup because I'm preparing, you know, because when I need to get the mask out, it's one of my gear up for the for the for the deployment. So let's look what I got. Look. I got this. This is my helmet. 
This is the light one. I like the light ones. Alrighty. This is my summer vest. Oh shit. I like my summer vest because in summer it gets so fucking hot and humid that you know the the one that you get is like you know full of cloth and it's bulky, so I have like a summer vest. That's badass. It's the bikini of the vest. It's the bikini of the vests. <laughs> Hell yeah. Is, yeah. Do you have the winter one? Is there like a, is there a bigger one? Yeah, uh, the one that you get in the wartime is much more you know equipped and you know covers all the body and you know you know the protective gears inside. So this kind of stuff and plates. So fact that I just take the summer vest and drop everything like in my duffel bag and deploy. <laughs> <laughs> it's do you. You know, I have on one guy every week from Delta. Look, look, what, what do you think? What do you think if we would change the national flag just to a black flag with gray? Just, just, just the, I like that, actually. Just the black one. That's pretty cool, man. I actually like it's that. It's much more Jocko Willing. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's good. <laughs> Hamas, you wake up at 4.30 in the morning and Hamas is firing rockets in your neighborhood. Good. Get after good. it. Get after it. <laughs> Get some. <laughs> See Goggins running through the Gaza Strip. A lot of y'all motherfuckers think you're terrorists. But I ain't no terrorists. <laughs> Stay yeah. hard. Stay hard. <coughs> I bet that if Jacko Willing is seeing this episode, listening to that I'm about to be deployed, he's like jealous. <laughs> oh, yeah. First of all, Jocko's not listening to this. But if he was, oh, yeah, no. Okay, Jocko's no. jealous. Jocko's going to put me in. That's why I love. That's why I. I mean, he might be. I don't know. That's why I love Jocko is because when people ask him, they're like, you know, do you ever miss war? And everyone's you'll hear people talk about like, you know, I do miss the action. Jocko never skips a beat. He goes, "Yeah, it was the best day of my life." (laughs) Yeah. Jocko's like, I I am a you know, I am a warrior. But it's. I mean, every week I have on Dale Comstock, who is in Delta Force. I, I watched the episode. Oh yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. That's one of the second ones. Yeah. Oh, Dale's been on like fifty times now. He's he's really? comes, he comes on every Sunday. Every Sunday. He's like an ultra person. I'm so jealous of him. He's like he's a ultra mach- mega elite special forces business entrepreneur family guy bodybuilder. What the fuck? He man? was in Green. He was in the 82nd Airborne, and then the Green Berets, and then Delta Force, and then he was on a CIA uh, special wow. activities division, which is like black ops shit. He did mercenary work for like billionaires. He, yeah, he's a boxer. He has a, he a PhD, masters, been in movies, worked on shows, writes books, raises canines, and like lives in Bali. Has a super hot wife. Dale's a fucking and man. Bet, and I bet his dick is huge, like enormous. <laughs> big, big one. But no, yeah, Dale is. But Dale's someone that if you ask, you're like, Dale, do you miss it? Yeah, no. He says he's like, yeah, you know, it's hard to. It's hard to get excited about anything in life when you've been at the tip of the spear, when you've been, you know, when you've been covered in black with, you know, a $100,000 rifle and nods and, you know, you're fucking behind enemy lines and you're icing motherfuckers from a thousand meters. It's hard to get it. it it's yeah, it's hard to get excited when you got to go to Walmart and get, you know, cereal. It's like, what are you? So for you, you're five years younger than me. Do you see when I'm five years longer? That's debatable. That's debatable. Maybe. You may be five inches longer. My dick's Well, we should start an OnlyFans. We should start an OnlyFans. Both of us. We should start an And we should get a member of Hamas to join us. And that's how we will spearhead the peace movement. Amazing. You, you, 
an Israeli soldier and a Hamas terrorist. You guys 69 each other, sucking each other's <laughs> dicks. And I'll just be in the corner dressed as Uncle Sam, just jerking off. And I'll be like, world peace in our time. The UN, we're all we're all wearing UN helmets. <laughs> we're we're using rockets. To, there's some crowd for this. There's some audience for there, this. Oh, there's definitely an audience somewhere for this. We we could get like a decommissioned Hamas rocket and shove it in each other's ass. Amazing. Amazing. Hey, you know that's that's the entrepreneur mindset right there. You gotta know. You gotta know your audience. You gotta see see the the sol- Regardless, when I <laughs> when I look at something like war, you know. I love I love my I love my life. I get to do a podcast for a living. I wake up, I go to the gym, I come back, I meditate, I do a podcast, I find guests, I get I get to choose every guest, I find their books, I listen to their audiobooks, talk about the Cold War. It's it's the right, I just could reach out to you and today this is my day at work is talking to you. Like this is my job. I have the best fucking job in the world. I don't think anyone in the world is happier than me. Maybe Post Malone. But I other than him, I think Post Malone might be. I'm I'm catching up to him. I don't think anyone else in the world is happier. I think I enjoy my life more than Jocko enjoys his life. I really do. Mm-hmm. So when I look at something so like personalities, you know, different persons. Yeah. Good. But like when I look at it, you know, I'm very I you want know, my, my, when my brothers and I meet, you know, and we go to eat something good, we say like food. <laughs> have you seen have you seen that have you seen that that Jocko meme somebody photoshopped Jocko so he's really like fat it just, it just says food food yeah, food. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. amazing photoshop I saw that one. I, th- I think I think Jocko tweeted that it just it just said food <laughs> but <laughs> it's just like triple chin he's like frrr <laughs> Uh, the internet is amazing. It's an amazing alone. place. It's for so, you know. I again, so I we can laugh, we can make jokes, we can talk about bullshit. This is so I'm very much so like I don't, you know, at any point in the last seven or eight years when I was really depressed, if you had asked me if I cared about life, I would have been like, I don't give a shit, shoot me. But now I love my life. For the first time in a long time, I I love my life, and I, I don't want to die. I exercise more. I eat fruits and vegetables more because now I'm like, oh, I'm I can be Joe Rogan. Like I'm I have a good life ahead of me. Um, it's, it's also why I haven't taken the fucking COVID vaccine. I've had on too many doctors come on here and tell me you're too young and healthy. Don't take it. You're gonna die if you take it. And everyone's like, you're an anti-vaxxer. I'm like, no, I'm not. I just really like my life for the first time in a long time. I don't want to die. So I By look, the way, you look very good. Like you have, you know, it seems that you lost some weight. You know, oh, I have, the, I have. Like a year ago, we talked. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. So How much did you lose? I think right now I'm down like twenty pounds. Amazing. Thank you. I'm gonna try to, to. go. I wanna. I need to lose another twenty or thirty. I wanna get a. Wanna get cut, but. I look at something like war. So like. You know, I want to avoid it at all costs. I want to avoid anything because now I really like my life and I want to keep living. Someone like you, you got to be nervous going into it. You got to be anxious. But is there a part of you that it's just like this is your destiny? Like you don't, you know, it's again, it's the difference between the guy shooting the RPG for the suitcase full of cash versus the special forces soldier. There's got to be a little more to it than just, right? Because in Israel, everyone, right? It's a mandatory two years, right? Three. Three, okay. Okay. Well, I did, I did 30 minutes about the same thing, right? It's different for you. 
do you, 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 I mean, you've got to have some fear or trepidation, but at the same time, like, is there a part of you that this is what you're meant to do? Like, it's just, there's nothing else like it. You look at someone in an office job and you're like, fuck that. I'm going to put on my bikini of vests and, you know, go smoke some terrorists. What, 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 what is the, what is the mindset? Is it, is it, do you want to do it forever? Are you going to be Dale Comstock? Are you going to be fucking assassinating motherfuckers? Or do you want to get out eventually? Do you go, I want to, I don't want to be shot at for a living anymore. A, a little bit of, after we talked on the, on the last time, like a year ago, I applied for a job in the Mossad as a, uh, you know, no, not Kidon. Kidon is a instructor unit. I was, I, I applied for an operational one, which is like, you know, totally fitting, you know, my, uh, my stats, you know, because I'm like Russian speaking with no Russian, uh, you know, um, attributes, no, no Russian, uh, uh, ID and, and exactly the, the, and I'm a sapper, so I'm making bombs, and this is exactly what they're looking for. But I, I didn't get it, and oh. the reason is because I did too many drugs in my past. <laughs> I was 15, 16, 17. I did all the nasty shit. And I will. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful question. I will answer it from from a few angles. The first, when I was in high school, I only wanted to be a warrior. I only, you know, I I was a shitty kid. I barely finished high school. I think we also might have covered mm-hmm. this point. Um, but yeah, I only wanted to, to join. I said, if I could, if I could just, you know, just, just finish the course in, in a special unit, if I could just make it, it will, uh, it would be, mean the world for me. Like I couldn't ask for any more out of life. And, you know, and like, you know, I told you that I did the cut and, you know, during the special forces, but there were, there were about three other exams and cuts that I failed. So it wasn't easy, right? And I uh, prepared for two years and before and this kind of stuff. Uh, so this is one. So it was really my dream. Like when I I had like short-term sight in high school, this is the only thing that I wanted to do. Two weeks after I finished, I held a gun. So it was very fast. Other than that, uh, my family are war refugees from, their, from Russia. So they came in the early 90s from the collapse of the Soviet Union. And they came as the war refugees. They had two kids and one hundred dollars, and they accept, got accepted so nice. Uh, we lived in the nearby the Gaza Strip, by the way, in the north part. Uh, it was so nice, you know. They got a home. There were goods inside the fridge. They got money, uh, and they could, you know, start over. It was amazing, and they love it. And I love Israel. Israel is the place that people. <laughs> I, I say they're as much as they rude, and they are very rude. This is how um, good they are in caring. Like, it's like, you know, like New York. I, I, and I don't know. I don't know. But New York City is a bunch of assholes. Uh, but at the same time, everyone I know from New York, they're like, you know, they're assholes. But they're also like they've got your back and they love you. They got your back. People in the streets got your back. I, tell you, I live in the five uh, largest city in Israel. And like I go in the street and it's like 300,000 people. I know the people and they care for me and I care for them. You know, there were like times that a girl broke up with me and I was crying on the public transport. People came to comfort me. It was so amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's really a place that you just shed a tear and you will see how many people, you know, are caring for you like strangers. Just amazing. I really love this place. Uh, I will always be local in Israel. I am Israeli. I really like it. 
there's no other place in the world. It's like people are so touchy. Yeah. <laughs> when you when you come in the airport, you lose your private space. Right. You don't have, Fair enough. You don't have, people can you know touch you, touch your hair, and you know you know like uh, give you a pat on the back and be saying like what what up, bro, you know. But they're like on first engagement, first communications, this, this kind of stuff. Sure. So I I love this place. I love this place. Uh, this is the second angle. And the third angle, yeah, I wanted to know, as a a teenager who achieved nothing until this age, you want some sense of, you know, of uh, that you're capable of doing something, right? And only with the power of, of not quitting the course, which is like I told in the previous episode, 15 months of torture. <laughs> 15 months of torture. 15? 15 months of torture. Uh, you know, like everybody who goes in, you know, just not imagining how they will finish it. Like nobody's like, well, I'm going a, I'm to a finish it and I will be like first place. No, 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 no. You will barely scrap you will it. barely pull yourself over the finish line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> throwing up, crying. I won't be a warrior anymore. Chaco, <laughs> this isn't good. It's not good. Chaco. I was also crying and vomiting. It happens to everybody. I, dude, I fucking and... cry when my air conditioner breaks. It's uh, I get it. I get it. Different struggles. And, and yeah, and in the moment, but if you do, it just changes you. Yeah. You're able to do anything. Yeah. A, a previous, like a year ago, in the previous summer, I ran my first ultra marathon. Oh, shit. And, and yeah, and I was like, you know, because I was depressed of the COVID thing. If you remember, I was, I lost each other to really like because I relocated to Asia, came back because of COVID. I had a girlfriend there. I had an apartment in like the 40th floor in Manila. It was amazing. And I lost all because of the fucking COVID shit. So I was, you know, depressed. And I said, Let's do some challenge. Let's try to run an ultra marathon. And by this time, I could run like twenty or maybe twenty-five. I said, "Let's let's run like sixty. Let's run seventy. Let's see what happens." Kilometers. We're talking about kilometers. It's it still, it's like, it's still a lot. It has it's like twenty-seven or something. Yeah. An American marathon is twenty-six miles. So an ultra is like this uh, doubled or multiplied by one and a half, double or triple. I don't know. Anyway, um, so yeah, and I just uh, worked out for like uh, four or five months and I accomplished it. And it was all, everything just because of the, I was in such, you know, worst situation. I was in a situation that I'm hungry, sleeping inside the bush, <laughs> barely sleeping for the whole week. Yeah. And, you know, and like, and, and people are looking for you and you need to navigate like another 40 kilometers. Like you need to navigate another 20 or 25 miles. Uh, and and you're just and you eating like half a can of a tuna and you split it the can with the other trooper that you get in the bush. So Fuck after this, you are able to do anything, yeah. anything, you know. And now and it was hard for me to integrate into civil life. Okay, so this is like the the last angle that I want to sure. say about. It's hard to integrate about the civil life. Jacqueline has an amazing. I upload it on my Facebook. It's called uh, a. A, a a message to the veterans, and he's talking about the integration to civil life. You know that suddenly, like you are holding rifle and you know doing like army stuff, and then you get back to the to civil life. You start paying taxes. Yeah. Suddenly you need to go to office. Yeah. Or apply for some jobs, 
and you know get rejected by women a carrier a bike your car and I don't know just people that it's uh, a bit stuff that civilian do and it was very hard for me because I lost my dream you know my contract that ha- has ended yeah and I lost my dream this is everything with the dream but I didn't have more like yeah. longer old dreams it's the only thing I had well, it was looking for me I remember us talking about that uh-huh. I remember you being like you know like I think the first time we talked, you were like, I have this dream job. I have this dream girl. And then, like, I think the next time we talked, you didn't have it anymore. And you were <laughs> and you were drinking heavily. I think the second podcast, you were downing wine. Yes. You were like, fuck this virus. You were like, I'm so sad. And I was, I was like 30 episodes in. So I was like, I don't really know what's going on. I was confused. Kobe just died. You're in a, you're in a mask drinking wine. And I'm, <laughs> but it's. Hey, it's but but yeah. So you lost. Sorry, go on. So you lost all of that. You lost the dream. Yeah, yeah. But but you know, as time passes and I'm I'm civilian like for about four years now, you know, I, I started having like normal people dreams. You know, like I want to have a family and yeah. four kids, and a home, sure. and I have a dream. My dream job, like uh, I launch a, an online uh, business with my mom. We sell footwear and she designs it. It's I really want this, you know, to succeed and and I want to be like a uh suicide hotline you know yeah uh to work on this and i want to be like an ambulance driver captain yeah. driver and you know i just have re- no normal uh, genes these yeah. days so and that's it, pretty much it so are so are you now more inclined to do those than to continue in the work of combat and if so how come you're going on a seventh deployment or do you have to finish your like your enlistment so the deal is like that in Israel you you know if you're a combatant so you're a combat you are holding a rifle so the deal is you do three years now it catch up a little bit to two years point eight but anyway so you're enlisted um, and then you finish but the, the deal is you separate you know you break into multiple uh, like the battalion or company is breaking and getting to other reserve units. Like the reserve unit that I am was is not the one that they had when I was uh, originally en- enlisted. But you know, it's reservists. It's uh, managed a little bit differently, um, and the, the dedication is differently. So the deal is, you need to be fit, you need to be trained, and you deploy about every three years. And the deployment is uh, everything. You know, as I told you, is pretty close. So it's like a month. Not too bad. For me, it's a lot, you know, because uh, I also go to do, on top of that, I go to do training and those kind of stuff for, for you know, people who are currently enlisted and those kind of stuff, like Krav Maga, shooting, shooting ranges, uh, and uh, also, like, army prep. This is the, the show that I'm, I'm having on right now. It's oh, an yeah. army preparation group uh, where I instruct often. So, um, can you can you send me one of those shirts? <laughs> It's a good one, eh? It's awesome. I want one of those. What size are you? Uh, I don't know. Large, medium, large. I don't give a shit. I'll wear it. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Fuck yeah. Yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll give you my address after this. Fuck yeah. Now, really, now I'm really yeah, in the IDF. Is there... So when you're looking at that now, is there like a temptation, right? Is there like a temptation to wear... Okay, so for instance, in 2013, I got into medical school. And it was like what you would say kind of like what you're saying about, you know, normal life, you know, you EMT driver, suicide hotline, you know, online company, wife, kids, it's that draw. But then there's the whole, 
you get to be a warrior. For me in 2013, it was like, I have the normal life. It's on a platter now. I just got into medical school. Not, It's not the same as special forces, but for instance, the school where I applied, 100 people got in, 15,000 people applied. So it's, I mean, you... you in what state, by the way? I got into the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine in Florida. And You're right now in Miami? No, 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 no. Now I'm in Maryland. This was back in 2013 for medical mm-hmm. school. I got into medical school in Miami. I was in school in Georgia, and I got mm-hmm. into medical school in Miami. I was giving uh, uh, marketing services for an agency in Florida, so it was like kind of Miami, isn't it? I'm sure, yeah, sure. yeah. Miami, I think it's like the biggest city there. Point is, is... I got in and I was very proud and all I had to do was go and do medical school and I had the cookie cutter life. I would have been Dr. Kerrigan. I, you know, I wanted to, (laughs) I wanted to get married. I didn't, wasn't really sure if I wanted kids, but I probably would have done it. I probably would have got the home. And, but then another part of me was like, what if I just went for it? And like, I didn't even know what it was, but I was like, what if I just fucking went for it's hard enough to get into medical school. I was like, what if I take that work ethic and I just put it towards being my own boss? I was like, what is the most like fantastic reality? What would it be? You know, it's like getting into Green Berets versus getting into Delta Force. I was like, well, it would be being my own boss and making my own money. And it took eight years to get to where I am now. And it was mm-hmm. hell. And I literally almost died twice, like in the hospital. But now I'm here. And it's the best thing ever. But there was that's so what that is, is there was that like there was that madness is like I could have just been a doctor and had the, you know, the normal life. But then a little voice in my head was like, go for it, go for it, go. For it. And I fucking went for it. And now, like I said, best job in the world. I, I'm my own boss. I get to do whatever the fuck I want, whenever I want. It's Hell yeah. it's the best thing ever. Hell yeah. Is there part of your mind that is like finish up this deployment and then maybe go work in that online company with my mom, be an EMT driver, work at a suicide hotline, get a wife and kids. Or is there part of your mind that's like, do I reapply to Mossad? What if I show them I really want it? Is there part of your mind that's like, go for it. Go be Jason Bourne. Go be Dale Comstock. It's funny that you, you like, you're seeing right through me. See right through your bullshit. No, (laughs) You like you see that I did like my eyebrows before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you you really see it for me. My soul is separated bit between like the civilian life that you know that they need to accept this and this is happening to me. Yeah. And I need to be civilian for God's sake. Yeah. Right. And the other one is like the warrior. You know. The to, you know. In, yeah. Why would why wouldn't I? You know, hold a rifle and get paid a lot for this. You know. Why well, you can go higher, go to the next level. Fucking, yeah. fucking the president comes up to you himself and he's like, T, you need to do this for your country. And they're going to drop you off from a fucking plane 80,000 feet above Beijing and it's you and two other guys. <laughs> and you guys are going in there. I don't know. You're going into Wuhan. It's 2019. Do you go shoot the guys releasing COVID or some shit? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going back in the past. You're going back right. in time. You're going real black ops. No, but the point is, is like... <laughs> Right. It's but it's like what Dale talked about when Dale was on here. Dale's like, I always wanted to be in the army. And then I got in and I got into the 82nd Airborne. He's like, and I remember we were training and some guys were talking about Green Berets. He's like, what is that? Like, it's the next tier up. And He was like, oh, shit. So he became a Green Beret. And then they were training. And he goes, and one morning we were out in the middle of nowhere training. We saw this guy running like through the forest. And we were like, who the fuck is that? And someone's like, he's training for Delta Force. And they're like, what is Delta Force? 
it's the next ring. Oh, fuck. So Dale went and got into Delta Force. And then when he was in Delta Force, he thought he was at the top. And he heard that the CIA had a unit. And they recruited from Delta Force. It's called the Special Activities Division. And Dale was like, what? it's even smaller. So he went and got into that. And to him, it was like that was his purpose on this earth. Like he could have died any day. But he's like, that, that wasn't the concern. It was like, I am on this earth to be a warrior. And so long as there is another rung above it, I'm going to climb to that rung. Like, sure, I have everything I want now, right? I have my own apartment. I mean, granted, it's a tiny apartment. I'm in my bedroom right now. I have my studio. It's half my bedroom, right? I've got a little tiny bathroom and a little tiny kitchen. And I'm having fun. I'm doing great. But, like, to me, it's not enough. And it's not that I'm greedy and I want more so much as I'm like, I want to, like, knock Rogan off the pedestal. Like, I want fucking, you know, I want Jocko to ask to come on my show. You know, I want Lamborghinis in three different colors just because fuck you. Because And there's a lot I want to do. You want to work on a suicide hotline. I want to do a lot of work with mental health. As I told you, I lost my older brother to suicide in 2014. It's very near and dear to my heart. But, like, he killed himself? My older brother, yeah. He was 27. Why was that? Depression, man. Oh, man, it gets to be. He had the, dude, he had a wonderful fucking life he had a he had a he had a fantastic education super hot girlfriend it's depression man oh my god it's It's so horrible it's so it's very near and dear to my heart i want to i lost an uncle to suicide three years ago he was a doctor oh my god God. depression that's the thing is you you don't so but but that's not that's not the point of this podcast the point is is like so that's something that's near and dear to my heart right i want to make a bunch of money i want to be the biggest podcast in the world i want some cool cars i want a rolls royce i want a fucking helicopter why not but i also want to do a bunch of mental health work but for me it's like more than i even want to do mental health work like i want to conquer this world because i have to prove it to myself that i can do it and the only way i'm not going to do it isn't because i quit it's because i'm dead there's no other there's no reality in which I quit. It's either I become the biggest podcast in the world, I become a billionaire, I can help change the world, or I'm face down in a puddle of my blood. But there's no reality where I quit. And it's yes, I want to do good by this world. I want my brother's death to not be in vain. I want to push forward for different mental health care. I want to get it out of the hands of big pharma and put it towards natural drugs like MAPS, Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, using things like psilocybin and LSD for mental health care. I want to leave this world better than I found it. But above even that, I just want to fucking conquer because that's what I'm here to do. That's why I'm in this world. I think that's why God put me here is to just... I'm here to fight. I'm here to fight against depression. I'm here to fight against weight loss. I'm here to fight against shitty internet connection. I'm just here to fucking fight and obliterate my enemies because, not my enemies, my hurdles and my boundaries, because that's just what I'm here to do. And I don't think there's really any rhyme or reason to it. I think I'm just here. And some people are here to play the guitar. And some people are here to just be hot girls. And some people are here to be chefs, right? Mm -hmm. So is there a part of your mind that's like, there's no rung that you reach where all of a sudden you're finished so much as is there a part of your mind that like you could have a wife and kids and you go, you know, live in the suburbs somewhere in Israel and you have, is there a part of your mind that's like, man, you know, I know the Mossad, I know they, they declined me. But what if I try again? What if I just tried again? 
Who knows? Maybe you go back and you don't know what's going on inside the Mossad. Maybe they need need somebody and you show up and it's a perfect storm and they go, fuck it, whatever. He did drugs, but he's, you know, he's the best guy for the job. And then you're in the Mossad. Like, and then you be go, then you go become fucking black ops special forces and you become the tip of the spear. And if you don't do that, will there always be a part of your mind that just wonders what if? Like I could have been a doctor, but I knew that there would always be something in the back of my mind that would be like, I could have been Joe Rogan. I could, and that would have tortured me to death. Is there a part of your mind that's like, yeah, I was in the special forces, but you know, I'm just going to go work at this office. But I could have been a Mossad. I could have, I could have fucking taken phone calls directly from Bibby. Yeah, hey, I need you to go kill this motherfucker. And you're like, I got you. Is there a part of your? That's the problem. Is like, if you don't do it, is it gonna torture you for eternity? I know I just ranted for like ten minutes, but. Uh, <laughs> um, well. I believe that I was born to I was born to touch the fire, and when I say that, I mean it's all of levels to that. But but touching the fire from my perspective is like it's it's the guy in the ambulance, he's the guy on the suicide hotline. He's okay. touching the fire. He does the the work that the normal people they don't want to do it because they cannot emotionally handle it. Okay. So I was I believe that I was born to touch the fire. Okay. Going into the military, touching the fire. No, people don't do this. A 20-year-old should not hold a rifle and point it to people and should not get ambushed. But uh, I believe that this is the case. But, unfortunately, the Mossad and the, and I, I have the all the connections and all the network that if I was able to get in one of these, those units, I could have a call right now and get into one or at least start the, the process to to get accepted. But they don't accept people who used drugs in the past. I'm not talking about marijuana. All those types of, of, of drugs. Sure. When I was a kid, I made many mistakes, many stupid stuff. I was stealing, I was drinking, I was doing yeah. cheap drugs, you know, just cheap drugs. Yeah. No Mossad for me. Nothing. Not any of those uh, of those units uh, will accept me. It, it's but, the way it is. So, what if you what if you go? You have no idea what's going on inside right now. How do you not know that you go back there and they're like, "Fuck it, extraordinary circumstances." The HR, the recruiting teams on the Mossad, they have like you know like television show. In Israel. How about how about you go full Mossad on the Mossad? How about you delete? <laughs> how, how about you delete your background, change your name, and go in there? And then when they catch you, you could be like, "This is how dedicated I am." <laughs> Probably not. Probably I would get. I I bet they would appreciate it. I bet they look at it and they go, "Hey, this kid's got fucking. He's got some gusto. He's got some moxie." I mean, they might exactly. still decline you, but they'd be like, "Hey," this kid's, <laughs> or who knows? Maybe an even blacker unit goes. That's who we want. We want that motherfucker who bends the world to his will. Or you'll go so to jail. I, I don't know. One or the other. <laughs> I, I got some slim chances to get into a new, a new uh, unit that they opened in the special forces called the multi-dimensional unit. I have like friends who are company commanders there and unit commanders over there. But no chance. But, you know, I'm, I'm not really sad because I'm still serving in special forces. I'm in an amazing unit where I'm so active. Yeah. So, you know, so I take some comfort in that and I, and I accept that, that yeah, I'm, I'm integrating to a civilian life. I am a civilian. When I'm finishing this podcast, I'm having 
taking the mask off and, you know, talking to colleagues, yeah. you know, doing stuff, doing, you know, talking on subreddits about digital marketing. This is the thing. I'm a person. I was a combatant. I still am a reservist. And I'm about to be a reservist until the age of 40 or 45. Until then, I'm a regular person. And, you know, you're, you're right. I hadn't thought about that. In a way, you are still, like you said, you're touching the fire. It's not that you just go into a nine-to-five office. You still want to go serve. It's just instead of shooting at terrorists on the West Bank, it's, yeah, you want to drive the ambulance. You pull up to the car crash, and there's a five-year-old girl, and her, you know, and her brains are hanging out. And not everybody can handle that, but maybe you can take what you've learned in the military, and you can apply it to something that benefits civilian life. Maybe somebody calls you and says, I've got a gun in my head and you've been there and you can talk to them. You'd be like, Hey man, I've seen my friends get shot. And you know, you can, so that is, okay. That's a completely different aspect. I was thinking you're going to go to an office, you know, at a cubicle, but you, you want to pursue a life that is, it's still touching the fire. Touching the fire. Now, all that being said, the Mossad calls you tonight and goes, you're in. You go, fuck EMT, fucking ambulance. I'm going to the Mossad. Hell yeah. <laughs> there we go. Fuck. I hope the Mossad watches this. Are, are there any key words we can say that the NSA will pick up and send it over to Unit 8200? Mossad, Jerusalem, okay. nuclear weapons, enriched plutonium. Bomb, bomb, nuclear weapon, bioweapon, anthrax, 9-11, White House, 1600 Pennsylvania, Pentagon, Baby Netanyahu. <laughs> Enriched uranium, 235, Hamas, Kidon. Well, now we're picked up on something. <laughs> and in that case, Mossad, please please hire my buddy. Yes, it's me. I'm right here. Not that you're like on us. I'm the guy. Yeah, I, I mean, was emailing you. Reply to my email, goddamn. They know who you are. They know where you are. They can, they'll find your address. They know. <laughs> what if the Mossad, how mad would you be if the Mossad recruited me? I would be ho- totally happy for you. No, but like they wouldn't let you in. Well, they don't. What if I get in the Mossad and then I get you hired too and we're in the Mossad together? Let's make some bombs. <laughs> Mossad, let's make some bombs. <laughs> we'll change the new logo. <laughs> you know what? My older brother, he was uh, in a combat engineer and I, when I was like, 13, he showed me, you know, videos in his phone, like, exploding, like, I don't know, like, a ton of demolition stuff, yeah. and I didn't really understand anything, but I said, it. this is fucking awesome. Okay. And I went in his pathway, and, you know, I'm also handling bumps. I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> like a thing. Look, mom, no hands. Yeah, it's, yeah, man, it's, uh, fuck. You know, we're going to get into the Mossad, and we're going to go on a black ops mission, and it's going to be you, me, and a captured Hezbollah fucking each other in the asses for world peace. It'll be it'll be the it'll be the world peace only fans. It's where we get the leaders of nations who hate each other. They they take MDMA and they fuck each other. And that's how we'll have world peace. I think they should have a talk. I I I would hundred percent that that would cause world peace. If you took everyone at the at the UN and, you know, gave them Viagra and some vodka. <laughs> and they just all fucked each other. I bet we'd have world peace. Do you like weed? Yeah, I don't smoke that much, though. Mm-hmm. But you do? Once or twice a year. Oh, really? Yeah, not a whole lot. Primitive. What? 
you were a conservative. No, I used to, I, at a bad point in my life, I was smoking all day, every day, and drinking every day. I find that I operate better when I'm not fucked up all the time. It's it's for my own good. It's, hey, in my in my perfect world, I'd be drinking and smoking every day. I I go downhill fast when I start to do that stuff. My brain goes. So you know, there's something that the people who never got addicted, they don't get about addiction. Like I have my best friend was alcoholic until lately, until this year. And he's clean. And uh, I have like uh, two friends who are like into hard drugs and they quit. This happened uh, when I was enlisted. So it was like 2015. And I, and I helped them to get out. Um, and the thing about addiction that people who are never who were addicted, they don't get is the addiction is not, you are never, you know, you, and a person who is addicted to alcohol was never thinking, now I will start drinking every day. Yeah. No, no, it's, it slips into you. Yeah. It steals you. You know, you just, you know, you, you you don't even want to drink, but you find yourself drinking, you know, because just to, yeah. not to have this, uh, the shakes. you know, this bad, yeah, the shakes and, and the and the headache. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it sneaks into you. And a few months after you, you notice, you notice that you are drinking for yeah. a few months now, every yeah. day, each yeah. day. Yeah. You can't stop. Yeah, no, and, no, no one and alcohol addiction, like getting clean, is physically hurting you, dude. It, it hurts. I've been there. It's like having your skin pills. It you can't sleep. You can't think straight. It's you, it feels like your bones are fucking creaking and your skin is. Uh, it's the worst feeling in the world. You get it. You go, oh, I get. Nobody wants to be an alcoholic. They're just staying away from withdrawals. It's. Yeah, man. So that's why I don't smoke all the time is because I abuse things and I go downhill fast. <laughs> so instead, I just do I a podcast. What? Yeah. So that's why I do the podcast, man. It's a healthy addiction. I just do a podcast every day instead. That's how I fuel my insanity. You have a one guest every day? Pretty much. I do about – I'm slowing it down because I was getting – I was burning myself out. I do five a week now. But, I mean, I started in December 2019 and – it's been what a year and a half. I'm at this is episode 519. Wait, is this 519? Yeah, I think it is. I think you came on exactly 500 episodes ago. Really? Yeah, I think so. Is is that? Let me let me check. Hold on. Hold on. That would be badass. Hold on. Let's see. I should get something for free then. Yeah, this is episode 519. It's been 500 episodes since we talked. Oh, it's a lot. You can, it's a lot. I'll give you something it's, for free. These nuts, or not? <laughs> um, I'm looking. I, I can give you. I don't know. I can give you a this. I give can, me a uh, condom. You know, fuck. Yeah, you gonna yeah. fuck me? <laughs> fuck me for world peace. I'll dress up as Bin Laden. So something like this. I don't know to tie you up. Tie me up. Well, now this episode's taking a, a dark turn, and so we're gonna stop recording. We're gonna fuck each other on camera. <laughs> But it was dark from the beginning. It, it was. It, it was, was dark five hundred episodes ago. It was dark five hundred episodes ago. This has never been in the light. We never were even close to the light. Episode one, we've been talking about shooting people. So, yeah, man. Listen, I gotta go get some food. But um, so let's wrap this one up. And um, I'm banned from YouTube for two weeks because <laughs> I had on a doctor and we talked about COVID. I've been suspended four times now. Because I have on doctors who talk about... I had on the guy who invented the vaccine. And I got suspended for it. 
So, so, and I think, I think they're probably going to permanently ban me soon, which is fine. I'm on Rumble and Bitchy. Oh yeah, for this you will get flagged so hard. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to be permanently banned soon. It's it's coming, but it's fine because we're on. And there are better platforms like Twitch. Yeah, oh, yeah, I need to get on Twitch. I'm on right now. I'm on Rumble, Bitshoot, and Odyssey. Those are three video hosting, and then I'm on Spotify. And it's I'm mm-hmm. trying to get on iTunes. So if YouTube bans me, good. Fuck them. I don't give a shit. Those dirty communists. I'll fuck them too. Hey, Tommy, <clears throat> excuse me for my, my voice. I, I was sick like for four days now. Do you want to have an episode where I interview you? Yeah, let's do it. Amazing. Yeah, I'm down. I don't give a shit. Let's do it. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% down. Be prepared. Let's fucking do it. I'll uh, I'll message you on Reddit, and um, um, it probably won't be it probably won't be till like September, because for the first okay. first two weeks of August, I've got episodes like every day, and then I'm I'm going out of town for like the fully booked, good to go. Yeah, so we'll but we can I'll definitely do it. I'm down to do it September, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Hey, in September I'd be deployed. Maybe I'd even oh shit. When are you deploying? In September. What day? Can you tell me that? I don't know. All right. I don't know. Don't well, then know. we'll try to do it before then. But maybe I will can answer you from the outpost. <laughs> Doing the just bombs going off in the background. <laughs> Tommy, yeah. when did you first get into podcast? Boom. <laughs> I'm just sitting here like Sirens. I'm like, are you all right, man? Get down. <laughs> <laughs> What? Oh Tommy, you're pulling out your notes. You're like, what are your biggest inspirations? Get down! <laughs> I'm just sitting here crying. I'm like, don't say, don't say. That's how the podcast would end. You'd be shot on air. You can have so many, you know, clickbaiting titles from that. <laughs> it wouldn't be clickbait. It would be like literal gunfight during podcast. That would be terrible. Good stuff. Man, if you could capture like a Hezbollah fighter, bring him on and make him do a podcast. <laughs> Episode 605 yeah. featuring Hezbollah and it's just you with a gun to his head. Uh, if I will try really hard, Don't do maybe that. I can get like ex-Hamas or Fatah. That would be really warrior. cool. But it was, it's like very slim chances, you know, like people were talking on, on media in Israel today about this. I, I can look into it. I, I might send that you would, results. That would be really cool. We'll keep in touch. If you could get them on, get them on. If, if, yeah, if you could get them on, if you could get them on with you, if it would, I would do it. I would, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him like a human. If he starts going off about how we have to kill the infidels, then I'm not going to be cool with it. But I'll talk to him. I'll hear I'll hear our story. Why not? If he's like if he's like ex, you know, Hamas or something, you yeah, know, yeah. maybe like a... No, I don't I don't want current Hamas. I don't need to be getting arrested. Because <laughs> I'll get arrested by the FBI for like hosting giving quarter to terrorists or some shit. I don't need that. By, by the way, I need to give like a very, very big credit, first of all, for you, you know, for the con- consistency. Thanks, man. But secondly, I really like podcasts. You know, I listen to podcasts daily, but you know, for stuff that I like you related to my work um and like it's it's a whole lo- another level of uh of journalism okay and like broadcasting and it's like like it's like a whole television that you can have for yourself in a niche yeah and i really like it and i i, I really appreciate it of uh, of uh 
who was it? I think it was Vice or CNN. I'm not sure, but they had like very, very brave uh, people going to Gaza after the war, after the last war in 2021, talking to uh, to Yehia Sanwar, who is the leader of Hamas. And he is not getting interviewed by anybody. He's not getting interviewed, never. And he is now talking to American channels, but very rarely and very unpopular ones. Only small channels. It was amazing. So, so keep on, you know, on the on the work, you know, getting the truth out, getting the not comfortable, not fancy, fluffy truth out. And man, 519, man, amazing work. Keep touching the fire, right? Hell yeah. Daily. 500 episodes later, and we are still just as gay as ever. <laughs> I'm not wearing pants. Woo. We're, no, ne- we're never but, getting but into I'm a loser. You're never getting into the Mossad. I'm never getting into the CIA. It's nope. They're watching. And us. it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. You know, there's something. There's something in social media. That if you're not like six pack, earning six figures with I don't know six six feet, feet tall, you're a loser. Yeah. And you don't have your dream job. You're like a loser. I'm like, well, I'm just a regular person. Oh my god. I don't give a shit, man. I'll do my podcast in front of an American flag and I scream at the camera with an Israeli special forces guy about the importance of world leaders having anal sex in the UN. Where else are you going to find that? You're not going to find that on the news, goddammit. You're going to find that on this podcast. Not on Fox News. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to find it here. We're going to make our own news subsection of of this podcast. It's going to be called Touching the Fire. And you're going to be the foreign correspondent. You're just going to be standing there with a microphone as like fucking rockets are firing back and forth. Welcome back to Touching the Fire. Wow, I like it a lot. Hey, listen, how about like a a, a series of you interviewing only people who are occupation is touching the fire? First responders, suicide hotlines. Well, I've done a lot of those episodes already. I've had on... Episode 77, I had on a firefighter that responded to 9-11. Ground Zero, wow. World Trade Center, yeah. He lost several friends, several firefighter oh friends. God. Yeah. Episode 77, Tony Tedeschi. I've had on wow. a lot of these people, man. I've heard, we've already been touching the fire for a while. Wow. <laughs> touching the fire with my dick. People who touch the fire, such an amazing life, really. You don't need, you know, to be six pack six figures when you are happy with touching the baby. Those people aren't real anyway. It doesn't fucking matter. They're not real, is that right? They're not. They're probably not real. They're probably rarely people like that. I know, like one person in my life who's six foot had has a six pack abs, but I don't think he makes six figures. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. It can't happen. They're not fucking real. It's all an illusion. They're not real. It's it's all. And also, like, from the female, you know, perspective, they're also not real, you know? No, they're not fucking real. They're not <laughs> real. mega high. <laughs> yeah, you gotta... No, it's fuck that. You don't, you don't even want that shit anyway. You don't want a girl that's so hot that she doesn't look real. Because it's not... You can't even relate to it. You know, you want to talk to someone that's fucked up like you. You, know, you got acne, <laughs> right? You, you fucking... Your teeth are weird. Your ears are shaped. You don't... Right? You don't want any of that shit. Listen, on the last Friday, I was going out on a first date with a girl who was like a combat. She was a combat. Oh, shit. A captain and also got ambushed. We got so many things to talk about on this date, right? Fuck yeah, dude. That's a, that's a match made in heaven. That's... But it's not working. Oh, it's not working? Yeah, she sent me a, a message. It will not work between us. 
Fuck her. <laughs> exactly. Fuck her. She's a piece of shit. Fuck her. <laughs> Whatever. We don't need her. We'll see who's laughing when we have 10 million subscribers. Hell yeah. I should make, I need to get some commission just for the clickbait titles. I don't yo. fucking make any money off this. YouTube won't allow me no, to run when ads. You have, uh, when you have like 10 million, so then. Well then, yeah, sure. I'll throw you some money. But right now, we're not making anything, and it seems like YouTube's about to ban me anyway, so. It doesn't fucking matter. Fuck them. Don't give a shit. Every cool radio host in history has at one point been banned by the company they started with. Mm. Simon Good. Alex Jones. Opie and Anthony. Howard Stern. Rogan left YouTube. All the cool ones eventually get kicked off or leave. Mm. So I figure I'm on the I'm in good company. <laughs> I'm getting kicked uh, off for talking about fucking terrorists with rockets in the ass. What uh, podcast do you listen to? I listen to Tim Dillon. Was that? He's a comedian. He's a fat gay comedian. Okay. He's the funniest human being alive. I like Louis C.K. He's funnier than Louis C.K. No, man. Yes, he is. He's Louis C.K. came to Israel, and I didn't stop laughing the whole show. I almost Oh, no, Lu- Louis C.K. is fantastic. Tim Dillon's Amazing. funnier. Tim Dillon's funnier. Tim Dillon's the funniest. Know Fucking look him up on YouTube, the Tim Dillon Show. All right. Dude, he is. It's the only podcast I listen to. I listen to audiobooks, and I listen to Tim Dillon. I don't watch, I don't watch the news. I don't watch TV shows. I don't watch movies. I listen to that's what I'm gonna do at, at the end of the pod before the podcast from when I wake up to the time I start the podcast I'm listening to audiobooks you know trying to get read who am I talking to what I have an author on Friday I gotta learn more about his book it's how I learn stay up to date have things to talk about so, oh, really? yeah oh yeah you gotta always have you right it's you know we talked about things today that you, you gotta be able to pull the information out right you gotta learn history you gotta be able to make comparisons to the Cold War or fucking whatever you gotta you know as soon as the podcast ends every day, the first, I stop recording and I start listening to Tim Dillon. That's when that's when my work is over. Is I start listening to Tim Dillon. He's the funniest <laughs> fucking. You got not his stand up. I think it's his stand up's okay. You gotta listen to his podcast. He's the funniest fucking person in the world. He's the funniest person in the world. I guarantee. I got some, some juice for tomorrow. I man. guarantee you, you will not be able to stop laughing. He's the <laughs> funniest right, person yeah. in the world. <laughs> You know, I'm uh, my brother is getting married on this Friday, oh, yeah. and I'm the MC. So I'm like, you may kiss the bride. I'm saying this, really? So yeah, but with no mask on. You right? should you <laughs> should put me on the big screen. Why is that? Just have me come in. And what? I don't know. Just let me be there. Well, fuck you. <laughs> You're not even circumcised. I'll just I, I'm circumcised. Not why? You are not Jewish. Yeah, but I'm circumcised. Oh, so you can come, all right? All right, yeah. Then let me. That's the, that's the barrier to entry. Wait, <laughs> Tommy, you can't come. Why? Because I'm not an Israeli citizen. No, you're not circumcised. I am circumcised. Come on in. Show me the penis. Right Show now. me the dick. That's, Show me the dick. <laughs> that's how. That's that's why we're never going to get hired by the Mossad. <laughs> yeah. They actually checked in and they saw the previous on the old conversation. They're like, uh uh-uh. uh. 
No, he's not good. Yo, let's wrap this up. I got to go get some food. I will send you, uh, I'll send you the message on Reddit and it'll be up in the next like hour or two on the other video sites, not YouTube because we're off there right now, but, uh, I'll send it to you and then we'll stay in touch and we'll do the episode where you interview me. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, can I ask a question just to yeah, collect yeah. Uh, comments from the other platforms and send it to me? Yeah. Uh, comments or questions? I'll send you the links because I don't really check them. I, you know, if I see a comment, I sure. might respond. I might not. I don't really. All right. So you have to do your own work because I, I might not realize there are comments or questions. Will this go on YouTube at all or not? It will when my ban is up and my ban is up next Thursday. I really don't suggest that you'll be flagged from all directions. Well, the thing is, is I think they're about to remove me. I, I think they're about to delete me permanently because mm. I'm getting more emails. They're taking down episodes, even though I'm already suspended. They're taking down more. They don't let you put up anything that talks about COVID. It's creepy. Uh, Fucking Nazis. Censorship. Modern censorship. Censorship. When has censorship ever worked? When has it... When in history have the good guys ever been the ones who started censoring? Never. 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 Bunch of fucking dirty communists. This time it'll work. <laughs> fucking suck my dick. I'm um, going to be defecting to the, to Israel. You should come. I will take you in the car. We'll have a good ride. Fuck yeah. If if the U.S. continues to go down this batshit crazy communist wet train. Yeah, wait, when you arrive to the airport, so I'll pick you up. And you will say... Oh my God, you're afraid. You don't have the mask. I can see your face. And I'm like, yeah, you can touch it. You'll be able to touch my face. I won't even know if it's you. It could be anybody. Because they won't have the mask on. So I'll just be like, hey, are you T? They'd be like, fuck it. All right. (laughs) Meanwhile, you're there. Um, I'm pretty blonde and I have a beard. What what if you're there at the airport looking for me and I message you on Reddit and you're like, thanks for picking me up. And you're like, what are you talking about? (laughs) It's the Mossad. <laughs> they pick me up and they're like, "Hey, kid, are you circumcised?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Welcome aboard." <laughs> Fucking me and Bibby smoking a blunt. And then you will want to get the who gets the duffel bag. I'll get the duffel bag. I'll go blow up something. Long live Israel. <laughs> We're gonna get banned anyway, so fuck it. Long live Israel. Long live Mossad. Fuck the terrorists. <laughs> Free Palestine from Hamas, yo. Free Palestine from these nuts. All right, big dog. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. I got to go get food. I love you, man. Thank you for coming on. You're a beautiful soul. And I uh, appreciate your time. Appreciate the content. And uh, yeah, man. Thanks for being a cool guy. Keep in touch. All right, big guy. Good. Food. Recording stopped. Food. <laughs>